Hello and welcome to the Spirit Talk podcast, where we'll talk all things spiritual. I'm your host and the creator of the podcast, Brandy Bolton. Join me at looking at spirituality from many different angles. There will be no stone left unturned. From science and spirit to topics that some may call woo-woo, I will also discuss my own experiences as a developing psychic and medium. This podcast is for all the seekers out there, and I sincerely hope you enjoy. Hello, beautiful souls. It's me, Brandy Bolton. I'm literally in shock that it's been three whole weeks since I put out an episode. I will do my absolute best not to let that happen again. It's been a busy year so far in 2023. I am here for it. I'm loving this this energy this month. It's amazing. Luckily for me, so many listeners have been reaching out to connect in other ways, even though there hasn't been a podcast episode yet this year. I feel so connected to you guys. And, you know, a few of us have been chatting on Instagram. I love that. More of you have joined our small but mighty Facebook group, Spirit Talk a Soul Tribe. Links to both of those things in the show notes. I've done readings for about four listeners already this year and have learned so much through them. So it's been pretty amazing in this little soul tribe, even though there hasn't been an episode out yet. But today there's a new episode. Hello. So good to to talk to you guys. So good to be on the mic. And I have a guest. Ty and I have been buddies online for some time, years in fact. And this chat really is us getting to know each other a bit better. We started as Instagram buddies and left as true friends. In this conversation, we found out just how much we have in common, including maybe a spirit guide? (laughs) Question mark. So yeah, there's that. I'm still thinking about that because we actually talked a few days ago for this. I've been sitting on this and I I had to uh, mix the sound together and I I just carved out time today to do that. So thank you so much for tuning in. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Ty Campbell. We've been kind of Instagram friends for a while, but we've never really connected. Uh, we, I, well, you know, it's funny because I add people that I feel connected to, but even though there's no physical connection face to face, you know who you jive with and you can feel it off the bat. Mm-hmm. So you are one of those people. You and I, I feel are connected. Yeah, I think so too. It's so good to see you. Right? Yeah. So I know we were speaking briefly about what should we chat about and we're just going to shoot it off the bat kind of vibe. And this morning, I don't know if you saw my post, I was talking about energy and our own energy and others' energy and how we separate them. Now. Beautiful. Let's go with it. Yeah. Okay. So I work in retail, so I've got my spiritual side and that's my, the love of my life. Right. But I also work the retail business and I've worked hospitality and it's the engaging with people. I find it so, um, I just enjoy seeing people. I do. I mean, trust me, there are some moments where I'm like, Oh, this job is quite taxing on me. And I've always realized it comes down to the connection I have with people. In retail, I really enjoy connecting with the person and kind of understanding them on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's pretty important for the job I do to kind of read between the lines because a lot of people, they they struggle to express themselves in a way that people get them. So I guess my little secret power, so to be, is I can kind of read them on a different level than most people in retail. Now, the tricky part comes in when you have to try and shut that off. So, for example, if someone walks in and they're looking for X, Y, Z, I kind of know exactly how their place looks already. I work in furniture. So I've got this kind of a mental imprint of how I see their space. Mm -hmm. And I always feel like I need a validation from them. So sometimes I'll go like a little bit deeper, open myself up a little bit more. But with that, you don't always know what you're going to get, which Mm -hmm. can also be if they've got like anxiety with something, if they've had a bad morning, or if they just got some good news, whatever it might be, good or bad, you're going to get it all because you try and filter through that. Mm -hmm. It's pretty tricky. Now, I know yourself with reading, you probably do the same, right? Because the more open we are, the more we can actually get the, I guess, the messages in. Mm -hmm, So it's it's the same kind of vibe, right? And for me, I've burnt my fingers. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I've mastered this and I've mastered that. I'm the biggest student of life still. And the only way that I get to learn about this is by experiencing it firsthand. So I know maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I need to change my approach this way. And that's, I think it's really important energy etiquette, I'd say. Yes, exactly. So that's amazing. So you are using your intuitive and empath and psychic abilities. Let's, let's call it what it is in your everyday life, in your retail job, even And so you're kind of walking this fine line of how open should I be? Should I have really, really, really strict boundaries? Or do I need to sometimes open up a little bit? Like, for example, to help the the customer or the client to get what they want and and have a satisfactory experience with you in your job. Do you find that sometimes you are not walking that line very well? And how does that feel? I, yes, so it's a constant learning curve for myself. And even in my day-to-day life, we all have these ideas of how we should behave, we should eat better, we should exercise. And it's the exact same way energetically. I mean, I've read so many books, listened to so many audio uh, tapes or CDs, podcasts, whatever (laughs) it might be nowadays. And I feel like I've got the knowledge there but it's the wisdom that will keep it there, if that makes sense. So we might all be well aware of it. And for myself, I'm still constantly learning. A good example of that is uh, just the other day at work and I'm getting incredibly anxious. It was like a week ago on Sunday. And I was like, what is happening? Why do I feel anxious? So now instantly I'm like, okay, is this my anxiety? So I'm checking who's working with me and which uh, clients are in the store. I'm like, nope, I don't think it's anyone here. So it turns out, long story short, something wasn't right. I went on the uh, Schumann Resonance app. I don't know if you know that, but the, the Earth's magnetic field. Schumann Resonance, yep, yep. Exactly. That was so out of whack. Um, and it's not the high peaks, it's the high peaks and the dips that throw yep. me off. 
And I know that. I'm very much aware <laughs> that that could have been it. But it wasn't in my right then and there because I guess I wasn't thinking about it. So having this this energy etiquette, which probably is like a habit you need to form, is building that white light or gold light around you, you know, cocooning mm -hmm. yourself and keeping your energy safe. So even if there are these external factors, be it physical right there, or even in a universal kind of a experience, I think having your, I don't want to say guard up, because that does sound almost like you're expecting something negative, but just being more mindful of how open you are as an energy being. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my lesson that I've learned. It's so funny that you mentioned that Schumann residence that particular day. I know exactly what you're talking about because I felt it as well. And then I, I don't know why it came to my awareness that that's what it was. I think an account that I follow who talks about the, the different spikes and stuff like that a lot came up on my feed when I was scrolling and I was like, ah, ah, this is why. <laughs> so when you felt that that day at work and you became aware, oh, okay, there's a lot going on with our magnetic field and the sun and all this going on. And maybe that's what is causing my anxious feeling. Did it then dissipate because you kind of knew what was happening? Absolutely. So that's the great thing. And I, I'm that human being a sensitive soul. I've gone through the whole, you know, the youth anxiety, depression, the whole shebang. So I'm very much conscious of it. And what I've realized is a lot of general anxiety, and I'm not dismissing anxiety at all. Anxiety is a, a big thing in everyone's life. I can, you know, little pieces here and there or major events, etc. Mm -hmm. But I find for me, my general anxiety is the second I can pinpoint what it is, it tends to take the sharpness away from it. I can still feel it, but it takes away the the unknowing, which kind of fuels the anxiety. Right. So absolutely, to answer your question, the second I figured out what it was, mm -hmm. I felt it dissipate quite a bit for myself. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And I, I feel the same way. And whether it is that day, it was the, the Schumann resonance, but another day it could be when you're at work that actually you're tuning into somebody like you said you went to check around who's here and so has that happened to you where you've experienced like oh this person just lost their mother or whatever and you find out and you were actually picking that up because you're walking around quite open i i do again i should know better so not to to play the whole ego card where <laughs> I beat myself up, but it's always, I look at life as a, a constant lesson. And I always try and find the lesson with everything, be it good or be it bad, but I constantly want to learn. I'm a, a natural uh, learner. So I find besides the joy and the wisdom that I can find within it, I constantly feel that growing myself and making others aware of it helps them to grow at the same time. I'm a little bit more conscious at work. I do wear my, my certain crystals, which help keep me and remind me to keep my, my barrier and boundaries up from time to time. Mm -hmm. There's other times, uh, for example, I went into our local shoppers drug mart mm -hmm. and 
This is actually after a very deep meditation. And just walking through there, I could feel every single story that I walked past. And I can assure you, a drug mart of any sort, be it uh, CVS or Shoppers or London Drugs, wherever someone might be mentally or physically ill, that is not the place you want to have your energy open at all. It is was such a learning curve for me. But yeah, it's you definitely, I think, being a psychic medium, you pick up on people's energies. That's what makes you, in my opinion, it makes you good with receiving messages is that you're open. It's just knowing when to be open and how to shut that off when needed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you talked about surrounding yourself in golden white light. Talk a little bit more about that. And is that how you kind of boundary yourself energetically? It is. So for myself, I've got a, a Reiki background. It was my first introduction into energy, I guess, formally. I was 16 when I did that. And I do use a lot of, um, I guess, symbols mentally from that to help ground me, especially Raku with the, with the severing of energies. So that helps ground me. I, I try and recognize that I'm a spiritual being having this human experience, but a lot of time my boundaries that are set are of a very spiritual nature. So I know a lot of my family and friends would probably disagree and they say, you know, I can be quite in the physical time and like verbalize my boundaries quite clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times I do keep my, my shields or my, my guards, again, not enjoying using that word, but I do protect myself in that way. Mm-hmm. I call upon angels if I feel like I'm in a, a scenario that's not physical, but it's more like a, a spiritual attack of sorts. I do call on angels and archangels to help protect me during that time. Mm-hmm. Archangel Michael is definitely a being that I do connect with a lot when I am needing to put those extra shields up. But from an everyday to day basis, I feel like cocooning myself in a white or gold light just helps protect me and also protect others because I'm not always 100% elevated and good mood and something might be happening in my personal life and having this human experience, I just am who I am. Mm -hmm. So I don't want someone else to pick up on my feelings or my negativity or anxiety or anything that might be negative. I don't want to get those out as well. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that. I feel like a lot of empath people who I identify themselves as empaths and that's most people who are listening to spirit talk sometimes i feel like people who call themselves empaths almost use that as an excuse like oh i'm i'm so like i'm energy sick or i i'm just so drained or i can't help but feel everything in the room and it's like okay if you're feeling that like that also your stuff is going out it's like in and out. If there's no barrier there or boundary, and I don't like the word guard for it either, but it is kind of, I, I see what you mean there. But imagine for the listeners, imagine like a shell around you with a little beautiful golden shell. If that isn't there, all your crap is going out too, right? So Absolutely. It's like, okay, you can't really complain because you're, you're the one having bad boundaries. <laughs> exactly that. 
It's, you know, we're, we are all having this human experience. That's why we on earth, we have agreed to this and not to go too far into that, but I agree fully. You get lots of uh, mightier than thou type spiritual people who think that they are the light and that they are everything. And you know what? If your, your confidence is great like that, all the power to you. But the reality is, is that at the end of the day, we are experiencing different lessons. We are experiencing ups. We are experiencing downs. That's why we are here. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to add any of my downs to other people's energy if I can avoid it. It's not their lesson to learn. It's mine. Yeah. Um, and I think we're all responsible. And yes, we do have weaknesses. I do slip up and I don't put my shell up. I like the word shell. That sounds great. Yeah. But it's it's something that we need to be more mindful of. I think especially as a community, we want to, we do want to showcase that we are love and light. And I think that is important, but we are also human and we're not better than the person who's on a different journey. Right. Exactly. So, and, and that brings me to something that I find often, especially in the beginning stages of people's spiritual awakening, the ego really kicks in. And I know that people think of a spiritual awakening as, okay, you're supposed to be losing your ego, but I, I get, well, I have observed in myself, in my own journey and in other people that when they first kind of click in to this spiritual path and understand that they are more than this 3d world and and all this sometimes they get on this ego trip like oh i just get it i get it now and they feel better than than so many other people who aren't maybe escaping the 3d world like they are now they feel like they have a secret that nobody else knows have you observed that as well or did you go through that absolutely so i definitely i started to feel that way because it's Again, we're a spiritual being in a human body. So we're going to have these emotions that are very human and these characteristics and traits that do come up because to try and shed that isn't, it's not a part of our journey because those can be our biggest less uh, teachers. I've always said that our ego is our best teacher. As weird as that might sound, it's not to ever get rid of your ego. You don't want to do that, but you want to learn from it. The lessons that our ego can teach us are really, really tricky. Some are trickier than others. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel for a lot of us, I'm not speaking for everyone, but at least for my journey, is that when when I had my monumental moment again, because I've I've had my spiritual awakening a few, a few times. Yeah. Um, it's a slippery slope. The universe isn't cruel by any stretch of measure, but it is trying to teach you lessons. This is a part of your contract for being down on earth. Uh-huh. And when you feel like you're just, you know what's happening and you think you've got everything sorted out, it's a slippery slide back down into <laughs> the, the previous stage, right? Right. So I think getting overly confident with who you are as a spiritual being is a part of the grand lesson. And yes, it's part of another lesson where I think you'll slide back down and start to learn again. I think we get so excited after feeling so lost before this awakening 
and having the awakening and finally feel like you found who you are and who you're meant to be, that sometimes, again, it can activate these, these human desires and these human pieces of wanting to be recognized by others. And that can be a really, I don't want to say dangerous, but a really tricky thing to navigate because we are going to experience that. We can acknowledge that, but that's our lesson. We don't have to shove it in other people's faces. We don't have to, everyone's got their own path and their own timeline. Right. And I feel like the secret to staying, I guess, with the wave is by just accepting others' differences. So if they are not on that spiritual pathway, the same place as where you are, that's okay. There's people ahead of you and there's people behind you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a race. It's an experience. And we're so lucky to be going through this experience that I'm constantly feeling truly blessed every single day, even if it's a, a crappy, <clears throat> sorry, crappy day mm-hmm. or a good day. I'm just grateful that I'm here to have these experiences. I feel that so much in my heart too. And wherever I am, I do manage to have some kind of gratefulness, some level of appreciation for this experience because it is very special. And I know, I have a knowing that when I am out of this body and back to a soul uh, level or an individual consciousness, I will feel like, wow, I did th- I did that on purpose. I lived as Brandy Bolton on purpose. And, you know, it was like a blink of an eye. And I don't want to have regrets of why didn't you why didn't you have more appreciation for this while you were experiencing it? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because your process is going to be different. Now, we've got our vibe tribe and we've got people that we connect with. And I know a lot of us recently, especially with social media, we're surrounding ourselves with people that we resonate with. But I find in my everyday life, a lot of people are sometimes opposite that, which reminds me that I'm still a student and I'm still learning from them. And I guess I could be a teacher to them and they're probably still learning from me. So again, being on this different pathway, even though we've got our vibe tribe and we, we feel like we're connected to so many on a spiritual level, I do feel like there's that the other tribe that might not be on the same vibe level yet or on this lifetime, but I feel like it's all part of the big puzzle that we are building. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it just shows that we're all, we're all connected and absolutely, um, there is a level of being humble that we have to embody while we're in our power. So it is a, again, a fine line. <laughs> Agree. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, Now, out of, um, do you have any practices for yourself that keeps your energy protected? What do you do? I do self-reiki a lot. I like to clear my energy field and check in with my chakras and just do my own thing. I don't have any rhyme or reason to it really, but I do sit alone for about 15 minutes a day doing that. And it's also a meditation kind of at the same time. I also sit to meditate fairly often. I feel like that just gives such a clarity and a recentering. 
and everything seems to just be in a, a better perspective after meditation. Problems seem less and 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 the good beautiful things seem more vibrant. So that is a consistent part of my spiritual practice. I do often just dabble in other things. You know, I, I also wear crystals for grounding as well. I do my cards and I do, you know, whatever I feel like. But those two things, the Reiki, um, like the energy work and the meditation have to be pretty consistent for me to feel good. If I'm not doing those things, I'm like a totally different human. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It's, it's yeah. amazing. I do find it's definitely a practice that, again, trying to find time for it is also that lesson. You know, it's, it's so funny. There's lessons every way and everywhere you look. But that's beautiful. The Reiki uh, incorporating that, you know, it's funny because I've got Reiki as that background, but I seldom do it to myself. So it's really interesting. Yeah. It's even listening to you now. It's like an aha moment. I'm like, oh. Maybe I should be doing that. <laughs> that makes so much sense. So absolutely, that's beautiful. Meditation, I agree, is really a great way to, I guess, get a good perspective of the physical life that we are in. I try to incorporate gratitude into my mm -hmm. uh, meditation um, and readings, for that matter. When Whenever I give a reading, I try and feel that emotion of gratitude I feel like that really opens me up yes I yeah. got a call from my son's school because he's homesick and I forgot to tell <laughs> so that's oh. why I was looking down at my phone so I just sent them a quick email he's home with a cold so and I forgot to let them know so it's good to know that they have tabs on him and they're phoning me to wonder where he is <laughs> that that is great <laughs> So excuse Shame, me. I hope um, he's feeling well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's okay. He's watching Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Yeah, <laughs> I love <it> that. <laughs> I, caught, I caught some glimpses of it and I was like, wow, this holds up. I love this. It is um, a great one. Yeah. And some of the concepts of space-time continuum and all that, it, it can be quite spiritual, actually. We had some good conversations about it already. And Doc Brown's name is Emmett and my son's name is Emmett. So he was like, oh, I love that. Minute. <laughs> anyway, I'm um, sorry to get drawn away there for a second. Um, no. What you were saying about readings that it, you know what, that is part of my spiritual practice as well. And part of how I learn really just how I learn about spirit and the spirit world. And I think it is the best way to learn for me about spirit guides, about angels, about how spirit works when we leave our body and are on the, on the other side. Of course, it's just a tiny fraction of all of the knowledge that I could have one day, maybe, but I learn so much from it. And I feel like this feeling that I can't replicate anywhere but it's when I'm connecting to spirit it's it's amazing I just did that yesterday and I I connected with a spirit a departed loved one from the sitter who I was working with and I felt almost like liquid love like golden liquid love was like enveloping me and I I can't say I've ever felt something like that before so yeah, it's important for me to do as well and part of my life that I'll keep, definitely, I think. 
That's beautiful. It is. It's. I feel like once you build these bonds and they get stronger, you can really feel the love that is behind those connections. It's a different type of a love. It's you. You just. It's such a unconditional love. It's so incredibly beautiful. I feel like as physical being beings, we often know love as a physical type of a connection and there's so much more to our energy and this unconditional love and whether you say the universe or god or the creator whoever that that power is above us the higher self there is nothing that is less judgmental and more loving in my experience than that it's Mm -hmm. It is a fuel that helps connect and drive and further the lessons in life. And that, that beautiful, warm, liquid love, how you explained it there, that sounds incredible. I totally get that. It's like a being washed over with like a white, bright light. Mm-hmm. It's, it is incredible. Yeah, and I have only got it when connecting to the spirit side. I guess yeah being kind of outside of my body i mean i've come close in my life my physical life but i've only really got this feeling when not just doing readings but also deep meditation feeling the presence of angels in group meditation work and stuff like that yeah it's gorgeous it's and this i think honestly i don't push people to go a certain route but I always feel like I've experienced so much amazingness with it that I really hope people find that too. Because it's something, just for a second, imagine navigating your life without this. Imagine not tapping into the universe or not realizing how much unconditional love is out there. You know, and... I'm not one who's going to jump into religion because I feel like religion and spirituality are two completely separate things. But I believe having faith in whatever it might be is really important versus not having faith. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels like, to put in layman terms, like something's got your back. And from my experience in spirituality is I always feel like my back is got by such a divine and beautiful and unconditional unjudgmental love from the universe mm-hmm. and i agree with you wholeheartedly i not to get into a religion um, i think faith and religion can live together in some people 100 percent. but the two are different spirituality and and religion but i feel like I just had this moment too where you're talking about faith and it's almost like it's the tether it's the it's the guideline that is still connecting us. And if we don't have that and we're not trying to see the magic in the universe and understanding, yes, I am held, I am supported, I'm not alone. It's almost like that tether is cut, even though it isn't. And we're just feeling so isolated, right? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I agree a trillion percent, the trusting the universe. And I agree that it feels like it's severed that that tie, but it's Mm -hmm. not. It's a boundary that we've set up for ourselves. And again, another lesson that we need to learn Mm -hmm. 
and to accept. So the universe will give us that space that we require to learn the lesson and it will be there watching, waiting and supporting as needed. Um, so I definitely... It can take lifetimes to get... It can. Really get that one, yeah. Absolutely. And I feel even within one lifetime, you might experience it and lose it and vice versa, you know. I'd mentioned earlier that I've had numerous what I feel like are awakenings. I know I've had one really big one. For me, what's I know one of my life lessons is learning balance. I'm trying to balance family, work, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, like all these things, right? And I feel like I'm no different to anyone else there. So for me, trying to balance, I enjoy working. I do. I love the engagement of people. I, I love what I do, which is... Uh, design and the creative side of my life it's expression and obviously I've got my incredible family my husband my son everyone around me is amazing and I just love all the lessons even the people that I struggle to see eye to eye with I still love them on a deeper level because the people that you do struggle with are sometimes your best teachers it teaches you not only about the situation it teaches about yourself and how you handle that, mm-hmm. um, which which I really appreciate. Now, going back to my, my awakenings, I constantly feel I've got my spiritual side I'm developing. And then I'm like, well, what about my creative and my design side? Maybe I should focus on that. Mm-hmm. Being a, I'm also ADHD diagnosed, yay, <laughs> which <laughs> I find really helps me. Um, Mm -hmm. to navigate and I feel like I can do this and this and this at the same time but in reality I do tend to put things on the back burner here and focus more here so in my life I am trying to find that balance and I feel like every time I have this awakening it's when I come back to the spirit side of things Mm -hmm. so I feel maybe everyone is in a or not everyone, but lots of people are in a similar boat where they mm-hmm. feel like they're going up and down and up and down. Yep. It's where your focus is. Yep, it is. And it's what's going on in your life, you know, around you. And I think once you've had that first initial experience of, a, of what people call an awakening or an understanding, a deeper understanding of this whole game called life uh once you've had that for the first time it you can't really put the toothpaste back in the tube that's what i like to say you know it's absolutely it's always gonna be there now it's just that you do have an up and down 100 percent. it's not all up from there like like it's made to look a lot of times it's you're on a roller coaster still it's just that you are more awake to the universe right absolutely absolutely you know, I think once you've had this uh, realization that you're not navigating this life alone and that there is a higher power there to support you and your your guides and your angels and your whoever it might be, your masters, the crossed over loved ones, whoever that might be there supporting you. Once you've seen or felt or know that they are there with you, you can't dismiss that. You can't say, oh, well, that was another time of my life. They're no longer there. Mm-hmm. And even though you might feel that from time to time, it doesn't mean it takes it away. They are still there, still supporting, still loving, still watching, and still 
waiting for you to connect again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yes, a lot of people listening are trying to develop their relationships with their guides or spirit team or their own psychic ability. And I just always want to reassure them that it's never constant. You know, I have a good relationship or, you know, a strong communicative relationship with one of my main guides. And it's not always like that. You know, it does ebb and flow. So I don't want people to think, oh, other people do it all the time. And and that's not me. I, I don't think every, anybody is on this even keel. <laughs> I really don't. I agree. I agree. And honestly, if someone says that they are, I'd be very mindful of that person and probably keep my distance. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that's the ego talking, saying, mm-hmm. or at least alluding to the fact that they may be better than you. And in reality, we are all spiritual beings and we all on a different path, a different timeline of our physical human experience. Um, And it's not even just psychic awareness and psychic abilities and that constant connection. And I'll throw a name out there. If you look at someone like Eckhart Tolle, who I am bewildered with, I think he's incredible. Yeah, me too. I I think he's on his game a lot. But he's also Mm -hmm. human. And I'm sure he has some days where he's not on. And not that he is a person who chases fame. He's one Mm -hmm. of the few, I think, social media people out there Mm -hmm. who lives his true life and doesn't follow the recognition part of it. It just happens to follow him. Right. I do feel that he lives a real life. And then you'll see... Other influences, I guess, who are on this path, who try and make it feel like everything is love and light and everything goes right. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other spectrum, you get a lot of people talking a lot about shadow work, which I do believe is important. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like a lot of their niche is one-sided. And again, I feel like there has to be a balance. There's... Nothing more jolting, at least in my experience, and to each their own, but to a spiritual guide or a guru or however they perceive on the social media platforms saying, hello there, effer, like, you know, wake up and you go punch some throat chakras and, you know, it's like very jolting for me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's said in a non-judgmental way. It's more said in a way that this doesn't resonate with And just because something is presented in a spiritual way, I've found that not everything is going to resonate with me. Again, different timelines, different paths, different Mm -hmm. lessons. So just be, just be mindful of who you're engaging with, who you're listening to. And does it really truly resonate with your, your pathway? And don't dismiss yourself as a important piece of the puzzle. Don't just think, okay, they're the spiritual guide person. They're constantly having these psychic visions. Why am I less than? Why am I not getting it? Don't compare yourself. Don't compete. A lot of those people who say that they are great are not great. They're just experiencing their own experience that they need to go through. Mm -hmm. 
Very good point, Ty. I find that a lot of people get put up on pedestals and some of them are asking for it, definitely. And some of them aren't. I think we even have a, we have like a spiritual teacher in common. She no longer does that work. And, you know, I won't mention her name because of that, but she is a psychic medium and spiritual teacher. And I went to her first for meditation teaching. Um, I think that's how we first connected is that we both knew her. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know I know exactly who you're meaning, whether it's we're connected or we actually know this that same person. Yeah. Um put on a pedestal, I think, by a lot of people. And I think and I'd have to talk to her about this, but that is a lot of the reason why she stepped away from the work is because of that feeling of having people just hang on to her every word and put her above them without her really even asking for that. I, I don't know if that is her experience, but that's kind of what I was reading into it a little bit. And I do see other people putting these spiritual, spiritually knowledgeable teachers up on this big pedestal. And it's like something that happens that really isn't healthy. Absolutely. And not to speak on her behalf, we went for a little walk on the beach. It was an amazing experience because I absolutely do adore her. She's great she's actually helped me hone a lot of my own skills. I think, again, not speaking on her behalf, but I think what it is, and I feel this, because I took a two-year sabbatical from my, my readings. And during COVID, I didn't want to open myself up. It was really tricky. But I felt it was really important for people to try and figure it out themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to book a reading with a psychic or a medium and have someone else do the work but a lot of the time we can all access this information mm -hmm. and it's almost like not doing the work so i know with my experience which i think kind of relates to her experience is we're kind of we're the i guess i mean it makes sense calling us a medium we are the in-between Mm -hmm. But it also robs that person of that connection with the universe, with yeah. developing that, that love and that connection. Um, yeah, exactly. So universe, God, creator, people can access this. And just like everyone has a stronger ability or a unique ability or a gift or whatever it might be, someone's a great singer, someone can play the piano, someone can do art or math or whatever it might be mm. my gift is i can connect with the other side i know things before they happen and that's my my gift that i can do well but it doesn't mean i'm the only person that can do it mm -hmm. i believe everyone has that ability but the more they start pulling on external sources mm -hmm. the more they start relying on that and losing their own ability mm -hmm. so Myself, I took my time away to, to protect myself during the world pandemic that was more jolting to the energy than anything else for me. And I feel that she was doing a service to others by separating and stepping down almost from what she did yeah. to create people connecting to their higher source, mm -hmm. uh, making people go that route which I think honestly is a very noble and a beautiful way to do it. Oh, so do I. And myself, I have struggled with this in, 
in, well, I love doing readings and I really love it for selfish reasons and for the, of course, for the purpose of helping people to connect with their loved ones or their higher self or whatever that reading brings. But I've never put out an official offering and because I've always felt some kind of a weird feeling about it, a conflicted feeling. And when I really tuned in and, and sat with myself and thought, hmm, what is this? It was just that. It was, oh, I don't really want to put that out as an offering. People come to me and that's wonderful and they ask me for it and then I make it work for the most part for 90% of the people that come to me. And that is beautiful in how that works. I don't charge a certain fee. They they do send me an exchange, a monetary exchange after the reading's over. But I don't want that pressure on me, on me or on other people. And I don't want people to constantly seek outside or be like, oh, my medium or my psychic who I see every six weeks or whatever, <laughs> because that is effectively giving their power away. There's nothing Absolutely. wrong with getting readings, but to put all of that, put all of your power into somebody else is essentially is what it's doing if you're too reliant on it, you know? Absolutely. I agree. Um, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. And I, I have done the, um, the readings cause I wanted to experience what that was like. Mm -hmm. And the way I presented it is if it was meant to be, things would happen. And I got quite a few clients and I started to, it wasn't like I was advertising. It was more so by word of mouth, which also kind of becomes tricky because you almost feel obligated because you know, so-and-so and they suggested so-and-so mm -hmm. there comes a part as well, where it feels like you're getting rubbed. And obviously I don't mean in a, in a money type of a way. I mean, you, you feel like you're losing your own power to say yes or no. Something I need to work on, probably shouldn't be saying this on a podcast, but I struggle to say no if I see someone's in need because I feel like I've, I've got this ability to connect and share. But at the same time, I feel like I'm robbing them of that ability for them to connect and share. So it's mm -hmm. such a kind of a, a weird love triangle, if you want to call it that, where you want to help, you're helping, but in helping, you're actually robbing. So it's the weirdest thing. I, um, and I don't ever go into my readings. Honestly, a lot of the readings I do, I'm like, I don't pay attention to what I'm saying. The, everything comes through me. Um, so there'll be little keywords that jump out and I can, I stick with it. So I won't go into readings, but there is a, a, a person that has a scenario and they've gotten answers from me, but based on how I could do that, they keep on coming back. Yeah. And as a, as a, a psychic or a medium or whatever reading you might be doing, I think it's very important to set those boundaries. It's incredibly hard sometimes to do that. Cause again, we want to help, we want to be there, but it's sometimes setting those boundaries is the helpful and the nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. So if you are doing readings and you have a repeat 
client or customer and you think that you're helping and you're giving them guidance, you just got to be mindful that sometimes if you're doing all the walking for them, they're going to lose their ability to walk for themselves. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's not what we're here for. Yeah. And that is a big part of why I am about empowering others to find their jam, basically. Like, what is it? How do they connect? How how do they perceive spirit? Let's explore that. And that is kind of the route that I'm going to be going down whilst still doing readings just by uh, word of mouth and not advertised and just who comes to me. But I really am drawn to teach people how to discover their latent abilities and not keep giving their power away to other people. (laughs) Absolutely. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) So when did you move from South Africa to Canada? Well, I left South Africa in 2006. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a chef by trade and I was based out of Fort Lauderdale in the yachting industry. So the second I say that, everyone's like, oh, is it like that TV show? Um, Below, deck. Below Decks. Yeah. <laughs> it's very similar to that. Really? <laughs> Let me just tell you, it's quite the uh, human experience I went through. And I loved every second of it. I highly recommend. If any youth is listening and they're wondering what next steps to do, look at the yachting industry. It is a game changer. And so you were a chef on board? I was a chef on board. I saw the entire Bahamas and Caribbean and it got to, I left because a new island, a new day, I wasn't even paying attention to where I was. I was Mm -hmm. taking everything for granted. It was overwhelming. I was everywhere and missing all this beauty because it was all blending in. Our yacht stopped at Yaletown in Canada. And I went up to Whistler for the weekend and it was Mr. Gay Canada. And I was coming from archaic South Africa. What is is Mr. Gay Canada? So (laughs) it's basically like a a beauty pageant, I would say, but a little Uh, bit more. um, It's, it's, you've got all these gay guys and they're from different cities around Canada. And it's basically who not just who's the prettiest, but who's the nicest of them all. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of a strange event again, still very much in my physical human experience. Um, I was blown away by the, the, a lot of the acceptance and the openness and coming from South Africa, which can be an archaic way. And it just is the way it is, how it it approaches diverse topics. um, At least when I was there. This was an eye-opener for me. Hmm. So I remember saying to the universe, I was like, please, if this is meant to be, this country is incredible. Everyone is, and I know you do get your places which are less open in Canada, like everywhere in the world. But from what I'd experienced, that was, that was so different. Mm-hmm. So next morning, going back to the yacht, and I stop at Starbucks, and in the line, I strike up this conversation. And it turns out that he's a GM for a restaurant that was opening up and they're looking for chefs. Uh, and Whistler, being incredibly transient at the time, mm-hmm. no one was willing to commit. So I told him, hey, listen, I'm a chef. I'd happily do that. He said he would do the paperwork for me. Wow. So the rest is history. Yeah. 
So I did my uh, immigration as a chef and um, it was it was quite the experience. It's got me to where I am, I guess, in Canada. I'm now a citizen and I love it. And the irony is, is my husband's an immigration lawyer. So <laughs> I feel like this could have happened so much easier, <laughs> but it didn't. At the time. I, you know what? I met him in 2009. So I was also a little bit stubborn and I wanted to do this myself because mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted to be, you know, the leader of my own destiny. I wanted to make sure that I came into the country by my own way. Mm-hmm. This is the, the earth sign Virgo for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I did it. So I was really happy. And yeah, the rest, rest is history. I love South Africa. I miss it dearly. The animals, the people, the everything it is in a little bit of a political struggle right now but it is a beautiful country and i do miss that that connection but canada is just as beautiful and different which i love Hmm. amazing and talk about divine timing when you you know first came here and then we're like i love it here and and then met that guy who needed a chef like it's all laid out it is it's so it was perfect divine yeah yeah i've you know it's so weird because a little bit ignorant i guess on my behalf here i wasn't aware of how amazing canada was you know especially growing up in south africa you always hear of the usa and the land of milk and honey and the us i mean it's nice it's got its pros it's got its cons for sure but I did a past life regression mm-hmm. and I remember seeing these beautiful golden hills, a river and seeing some caribou and all of that. I was like, wow, that must be the U S because I felt a deeply strong indigenous connection to the land. Mm-hmm. And after arriving in Canada, I realized that this is the place that I was so deeply connected to. The soil is different. The land is different. It is, I feel like I've come home, so to say, in Canada. Beautiful. So do you think that past life was as an indigenous person in maybe Alberta or where do you think? You know, it's, we did a road trip in about 2010 and I think we were driving through Golden or Revelstoke at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there is a piece of land just before where the Rockies come up mm-hmm. and it's just open and it literally minus there weren't any caribou. There were some cows in the field, but exactly the golden grass, the mountains, the blue mountains in the background, the little stream, even mm-hmm. everything was there. It was such an awakening experience for me. I was like, wow, I've literally come home. That's and and did you get that resonance to that past life? Absolutely. And even talking about it now, I still get goosebumps because I it's have so goosebumps. <laughs> so deep for me. That's um, amazing. Yeah, I feel truly blessed and lucky to have found it and know that I found it. You know. Ah, oh, that's so yeah. beautiful. Okay, so I love I love that you did a past life regression. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about that, but I'll just share as well. I had past life dreams when I was a kid. It was almost a recurring, only I would get, it was like a movie. I would get different scenes of the, this same 
day in different dreams for about a year until the point where I died. And I had that death dream at least five or six times. It was traumatic. (laughs) And I feel like it was trauma being relived out. Like I had hung on to that trauma on a soul level of falling off a ladder in a market in some place in the Middle East. And I've been kind of obsessed with this ever since, not not obsessed, but I've always had this in the back of my mind, like, oh, I wonder where that was. And, you know, I would even look at maps as a kid, like I'm talking a teenager, like 15 years old, I would be like, hmm, where was that past life? <laughs> not even realizing that that's kooky and weird, but I've always been the kooky weird one. And then um, I kind of honed in on an area that I think, oh, this must be it. And then just this week, my cousin, who is, uh, what does he call himself now? A nomad. He just travels around the world, okay? Beautiful, So he, yeah. he texted me saying, hey, guess where I am? And I kind of got this feeling like, oh, he's near where I lived then in that life. Wow. And, and I just said, are you in Yemen? Because that's kind of where I thought maybe I lived in Yemen. And he's like, next country over. You're very close, but I'm in Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Said, Please show me like the landscape. Show me like pictures. And right away he sent me a little video and it's the exact hills. <sighs> like the exact, it's where I lived. And I was like, and the, and I lived there so long ago that it doesn't look like, like that really as a city. It's ancient it's developed a little more yeah yeah but i had that resonance and i was like there is a reason why he told me to guess where he is like i I know i had that there and so for you to say that it's the same thing basically as you you experienced that only in the the kootenays and having never been there and then you got to go there and it's like oh (laughs) it's yeah yeah you see i've got goosebumps now listening to you Ugh, that's I amazing that's beautiful yeah that's it incredible is. yeah i love that so did you have a past life regression with somebody who did like hypnosis or so yeah actually um i must have been i'm trying to think of how old i was about i must have been about 13 because i've oh, been that okay. weird and kooky one again oh, seeing things too. knowing things yeah South africa in South Africa and it's actually a a family psychic I guess that we used to not see often but see from time to time mm-hmm. uh Michelle and she's phenomenal and she's since moved but she's was really understanding and she knew exactly who I was before I knew who I was um which I found comforting mm-hmm. um but we did this kind of a, a deep I guess, self-read hypnosis. And I went back and, you know, the whole, that everyone changes their, their script on how they do past life regressions. But we did the whole, you go down into yourself, there's a room of mirrors and you mm-hmm. walk through one of the mirrors and, you know, and there's a whole lead up to it. You find this key, you cross the river and it's really fascinating when you cross a river. So here's something actually interesting as well whether it's a dream or whatever it might be, they say crossing a river is usually a representation of the death. So if it's a big river, 
it's like a it's like a, a drawn out process so if you for example say sick or what have you mm-hmm. and you die of that it's the the river's wider if it's quicker um crossing over experience it's a shorter river so anyways the river that i was crossing again it's a lot for a 13 year old to process was a narrow stream so i've always remembered that so in my mind at least i'm constantly thinking when i cross over eventually it's going to be that short little journey for me which is it's interesting as a kid to try and process that now i've got an eight-year-old and he he's on the spectrum he has autism um so he has next to no filter if any filter at all which i guess i kind of do also (laughs) possess the same (laughs) skill and we openly talk about death and the other side and crossing over and he really shares the same interest because he sees things and also will know things without us even discussing it mm-hmm. so having that bond with him is quite beautiful so if you have a kid or if you have a if you're young and you're listening to the the podcast there is no age limit to how old you should be before you start feeling and know these things Mm -hmm. there's no you know lots of people think oh when i'm 16 and i'm having this uh teenage experience of finding out who i am that's where everything comes rushing in it (laughs) varies you could be a 50 year old person or you could be a hundred year old person everyone's timeline is different so Mm -hmm. i think sometimes it's easier finding yourself a little bit earlier because then you can kind of make sense of it but again, when the time is meant to be, it will happen. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I do find that actually a lot of kids are very, very open and receptive. And that kind of gets tampered down for mm. a while until they are ready or until their life is such that it allows for a reopening. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like unfortunately, the way society is structured, is, I feel like it might be getting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But the second you don't fit into this box of how you should be as a kid, mm-hmm. you're considered weird or a freak or different. And those are such beautiful words to me because you don't want to be the same. Being yeah. different is where it's at. Um, and you learn to accept that. And the sooner that you do learn to accept it, you realize that it's your power to own. And it's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with society or even your family, because mm-hmm. a lot of us black sheep, so to say, mm-hmm. are just different. It's not that being a black sheep is being bad. It's just that we're not fitting into a mold that what society or, or people that we should care about construct for us. Right, exactly. And so few people actually fit into those molds anyways. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think when you're young, you're still almost connected to the previous life where you've probably learned a lot of those lessons. Yeah. And I think it's a lot of the authority figures in our life as kids who say, oh, don't be silly. That's just a dream. Or don't worry about that. That's nothing. Or no, your imaginary friend doesn't exist. I think a lot of those negative things become, they, they look up to these people of authority with trust and and mm-hmm. I guess they hope that they what they're saying is right, but they dis- miss who they are on the inside. And that's 
I think holding on to who you are, whoever it might be, is something that you need to realize is your strength and your power. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that for your son? Um, what are some tips and advice that you can tell parents who want to have their kids keep their power? Well, first off, I'm by no means a stretch of measure a perfect parent at all. I screw up daily mm-hmm. and I'm constantly trying to remind myself that I'm also learning in the process. Yeah. Um, and my son, again, with no filter, he'll let me know if I screwed up. Like I get <laughs> zero grace from him. Um, <laughs> but I try and accept, especially coming from my upbringing, I really have had a very rigid way of uh, conforming, regardless of growing up and seeing, like a psychic, when I was 13, my mom was mm-hmm. incredibly open and understanding. Mm-hmm. And my father, not so much. So I did have the, the contrast in my life. But I realized that with my mom and how open and accepting she was, it really helped me become the person who I am today. So I try and at least mimic that behavior. But as far as mimicking that behavior goes, society still changes and society moves on and what was right then is still wrong now or vice versa. I guess to, to answer the question going the long route here, is I try and just be there for my son. Mm-hmm. I try and listen to him as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I try and show him the support and love with helping him try and make his own decisions. It can be a little bit tricky, at least with a child that's on the spectrum because you feel like you're repeating yourself a lot in the process and things don't stick sometimes. But his mind and his his heart is so beautiful that I'm so grateful every day. And I believe all kids are like that. I believe everyone is born with a pure heart, no matter who they are or who they were throughout history. I believe everyone is pure coming to this earth. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. My kids are always giving me food for thought and are really my greatest teachers because they are my greatest triggers. (laughs) Kids can trigger us like nothing else, right? So yeah, yeah, I'm always examining, oh, why is this driving me nuts? (laughs) But also I'm with you is that I'm just really interested in what they have to say, especially with spiritual stuff. I just sit there and listen and just kind of hold space. And sometimes I even put a metaphysical bubble around us too. So it blocks out the whole world and we can just sit there and I will just take in what they're saying. Sometimes ask questions. This happens, you know, not super often, but when we have those magic moments where one of my sons is just ready to spill on whatever he thinks or believes or wonders, I'm like, oh yeah, let's dive into this and do a little bubble. I know the audience can't see us, but you can tie. It's like the little egg around the two of us. I I have learned from them so much. Yeah. So yeah, it's amazing. They're great what? teachers. They they really oh. are. Oh. And the fact, yeah. you know, we always think as an adult, again, this is I feel like this is an ego side coming through. We've got the experience on earth. We're older. We know what we're talking about. But there are mm-hmm. so many incredible lessons mm-hmm. that our 
little little light beings can teach us and we just got to be open to i guess accepting the lesson and put your shields down because they have so many beautiful things to teach us and say exactly and it goes to what we were talking about earlier is that we aren't better than anybody i am not better than anybody so just because I'm in this authoritative position as a parent because I'm supposed to raise them to be the best people they can be which kind of gives me this upper edge with power dynamic just because I'm in that kind of situation doesn't mean that I'm better than them you know who knows they could be way of an older soul than I am so and or much younger who who really knows well I have an idea actually but um (laughs) so there's always something there that they can teach us and uh yeah not to fall into the trap of well I'm the parent so and I'm older so I know better (laughs) you know we don't always know better that's right and I feel like uh, I feel like we're getting better as a society as we realize that there's more more i guess combined wisdom that we can pull from so social media i'm very much a believer that it's how you use it is what you'll get out of it there's a lot of negative media out there be it news or be it tv shows or songs but at the end of the day it's your choice in what you want to listen to and what you want to curate on your own social media posts yep Um, it's a perfect word for it yeah, and you've got that power. If you yeah. see someone who's posting a bunch of negative things, block them. You yep, you or, own that power. Yep. And I feel like a lot of uh, parents who are more open to accepting and learning, and we're all learning. We're all probably bringing some past parenting that we experienced into it, which isn't right. Yeah baggage but it's our lesson exactly it's the baggage that we try and shift and i can assure you that even though i'm not the perfect parent i probably am parenting differently than what my parents parented and how their parents parented Mm -hmm. and i feel like we're fine-tuning it and i'm not saying that i'm doing it right and they did it wrong i'm just i'm adjusting the sails of my boat Mm -hmm. to go in the route that i feel is necessary Mm-hmm. And with social media, we can pick up on other people's um, journeys and what might work for them and maybe implement it or don't. It's mm-hmm. the choice is yours. Yeah. Being radically open is kind of my philosophy. Like, hmm, how do I feel about this? And just always tuning in and checking in with myself, my higher self, things like that. But of course, none of us are perfect. I certainly am not either. But um, definitely our kids are our greatest teachers. One thing I do have on my mind is what about your spirit team? How do you work with them? Are you working with guides, your own guides, angels? Uh, what does that look like for you? I am. I, uh, I, I believe a lot of us do, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes just making that connection to go, oh, shoot, I was working with someone or I am. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when I, I do readings, I feel like a lot of insights given to me, um, either from my higher self, from my guides or angels, and it's usually connecting with the other side's guides or angels or mm-hmm. higher self. Mm-hmm. And the information is relayed that way. 
So if someone's coming in for a reading and they can't necessarily access their own higher self, which I, again, believe we're all capable of, mm-hmm. I feel like it's our upper being connecting and I'm just funneling it through and things don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the guides I work with, a lot of people say, oh, don't say who your guides are or who your angels are. And I'm, again, zero filter. I've got I'm such an open book. Another thing that I also want people to realize is that humans can be quite limiting on how they how they understand things. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I say one of my guides is Archangel Michael, who who isn't, um, I do work with him from time to time or them. Angels, especially archangels, are omnipresent, which means that they're here, they're there, they're everywhere at the same time. Mm-hmm. it's hard for our minds as humans to know that or accept it because physically it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But in a different dimension, on a different plane, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to make sense. It just mm-hmm. is. So I do feel like you'll hear people say, oh, I work with this guide. And then someone might say, oh, I work with this guide. It's the same one. And you're like, well, how does that work? <laughs> so-and-so is working with them. They tie it up, right? Huh. It's not necessarily the case. So to answer your question, I've got my, I've got a a friend who passed over and typically I know the rules are, they say past loved ones, they don't necessarily guide you through life. Mm -hmm. Um, They can be there as a past loved one, but I feel like whenever I need them, they are there. And I feel like a lot of information comes from them. Another mm-hmm. connection is an indigenous guide that I work with mm-hmm. by, by the name of Fire Raven, which is mm-hmm. the weirdest concept for me to to grasp. But so many things resonate with me and I guess resonate with him at the same time uh-huh. that I feel like I personally, even though I grew up in South Africa and I might have had a past life in this area, I feel like a lot of the things I resonate with flow through him and help me connect. It's It comes down to so many different things with animals, with the, the nature of my environment, with many different characteristics of my environment that are in Canada. I feel like I draw through him. And then I, I do work with Archangel Uriel quite a bit as well. Mm. Um I feel like there's a lot of creative connection between us. But again, it depends. Like, especially with doing a reading, I feel like I draw mostly on higher self. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I can also tap into uh, Akashic Records a little bit Mm -hmm. easier. As you know, being psychic, being medium, we all have different strengths. Just because you're a dancer, it doesn't mean we all do ballet or we all do Mm -hmm. ballroom, or we all do hip-hop. Right. We all have our different channels. My main one is clear cognizance. I get information. I have no idea why or how or what the relevance is. Yep. But I get information just given to me. Clear sentience, I can Mm -hmm. feel a ton of things. I'm super highly sensitive to energy and what's around. Mm -hmm. And clairvoyance, which can be quite the eye-opener no pun intended it's quite shocking when you see things and you start thinking wow that's a 
that's quite something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't ever like to dive into Claire's because again, I feel like it's, it's kind of, uh, if someone's not feeling like that, they feel like it should be textbook. And that's well, not and there the case. isn't any textbook for it. It's it's There's it no is textbook. hard to talk about Claire's because it feels reduced down too much for what it Correct. actually is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And to try and explain it, it's I feels like it minimizes what it actually is. You know, yeah, it does. If, I do still try to because I want to empower people to awaken to their abilities. So I do try to, but you're right. It's next to impossible. I'm so glad you said, said clairvoyance though, because in the top of the show, you said when you're at work and you can see people's space and how this piece of furniture would fit there or whatever. And I'm like, oh, he's got clairvoyance. <laughs> it does. It's, it's, you know, and no matter I've been doing this for for a very long time. So you would think you would get used to it, but you still don't. You still get mm-hmm. jolted by some images that you see. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I guess out of all of them, the most frustrating part for me is the clay. And I, it's not that I don't like it. I just struggle sometimes with receiving information that I don't know what I should be doing with it. Yeah, um, the claircognizance. The, exactly. Yeah, and me too. I get lots of um, premonition dreams that I go through. Um, There, for example, there was just before COVID happened, I had this wild dream of a cruise liner that was off in the Mediterranean and I could see it. I was there and people were running on and wearing masks and stuff like that. So your brain wants to try and, make sense of it masks are they are they hijabs are they what like what is this like i'm trying to make sense of why people are wearing masks Mm. and fast forward six months later and covid happens where there's a cruise liner exactly how i was seeing it off italy that couldn't dock anywhere because Mm -hmm. there was covid and people were coming on with masks and the full body suit exactly what i had seen but your logical mind is trying to make sense of something that hasn't happened yet and still i'm still always developing my gift and trying to figure it out and i still feel like there is just like i was saying about ekatol is that no one's perfect we there's never going to be someone that knows it exactly i don't know he's pretty close (laughs) he's pretty close i agree but I agree. And that's what I, I want to strive to being close to that too. Um, but it definitely, it's, it's an eye opener because you get this information that you don't necessarily understand it because your human mind is trying to make sense of something that shouldn't make sense to us. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. Okay, so going back to your guide, your indigenous guide, I feel like we might share the same one. Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be something? Uh, How you were describing how it's like things filtering through him and you resonating with the same things. I totally, totally relate to that in that the main uh, spirit guide that I work with is also indigenous. That's how he presents to me anyway. I don't have a name because... 
to me it's not important and i feel like right. he speaks another language like an indigenous language sometimes and has told me but i can't get it anyway um, he one time showed me i was in this beautiful setting in in bc physically i was actually there with a lake and some mountains surrounding and eagles soaring overhead and fish jumping and i was just really experiencing the magic and i became aware of his presence and he um well yeah telepathically claircognizantly um told me that this is his land that he lived on when he was in this body of an indigenous when he was in that life um he lived in bc and that's part of the reason if not the main reason that i chose to come here because i was working with him before i was coming into this life um and that's why i i actually came to bc and have never lived here before so he helped me choose the place that's so, so I feel, weird. Isn't that's that cool? very very similar to I feel like our guys are been connected that way. Yeah. Or maybe they are the same and that's why we've crossed paths. Who knows? Absolutely. That's wild. That's Mm -hmm. beautiful. It's definitely, and I totally relate to the, the not naming the, the guides thing. I, uh, I understand that we don't want to be reduced to just a name or what have you. You know, a lot of people, there's that question that goes around and say, oh, who am I talking to? And people answer with their name. But we lose sight of who we really are because we put so much power on names and so much emphasis on on reducing people. Again, kind of, I guess, what you're ex- expressing with your guide's name is that we do, we set a limit. Again, going through my my awakening stage I kind of didn't give the option I was more trying to figure out who my guides were who's helping me constantly so it was more like a I need to know your name please can you tell me your name kind of access which in hindsight I guess was wrong for me to do but again still learning and this is how I think it's what you needed. It's a part of the lesson, right? I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times, especially when we all experience things that we can't explain, we want to make sense of it logically. Mm -hmm. And for me, having a connection to a person with a name helped me to um, strengthen that connection, which is my own limiting self-belief at the time. It is, but I but fully, I fully get what you they say. They know we're human. Like they don't really exactly. care if we want a name or not. I, I that's you know, right. They're okay with it, I think. And many people want names, and that's okay. For me, it wasn't important. But you could say the same thing about uh, physical appearance of the guides. Like, I didn't really ask to see him, but I did. Um, actually, it was in a very profound meditation sit that we in um, the person who we were speaking about earlier in her house, she was guiding us through and I saw him and I couldn't stop crying. (laughs) I was in such love and reconnection. Like, Oh, I know you. I love you. You love me. Like we're together. Yay. So him being in the physical was amazing. And ever since hasn't really 
very much, very often shown me himself, but I kind of have that knowing, oh, that's what he looks like to me. And I do grab onto that. Like people grab onto a name. You know what I mean? I do keep that in my mind because I like it, uh, even though he may not look like that. You know, he he might, he might not. Yeah. That's how he presented. So yeah, it's, it is interesting what people desire to know about their about their spirit team and i'm always up for talking about it that's yeah it's i I love that i uh you know it's funny that you say that because i'm i'm linking some links over here is a lot of time and i know this and hearing myself say it as a again as a student Mm -hmm. in life it's funny having the same student yet teacher perspective at once is a lot of times and you might have seen a post that I've posted you'll get people coming in for a reading and say grandma's there and even though grandma isn't grandma on the other side she's a being of light or whatever if she presented herself in any other way than grandma you wouldn't know who you're talking to you wouldn't understand so if there's no human characteristics of who they were or personality traits, or you would literally be talking to just pure energy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, as a human necessity, I feel like we need these these physical limiting yet traits to recognize who someone is. Mm-hmm. And I constantly tell people, it's not like that on the other side. Yes, grandma's there, grandma's happy, grandma's... But from my experiences, I find that you know, when I do a reading, I get so many times people ask me, is so-and-so happy? Mm-hmm. Yes, but happy is irrelevant. Of course they're happy. They're, they're pure light. They're good. But happiness is a human construct. It's a human emotion. They don't need that on that side. But to put the person at peace on this side, knowing that the other person is that, mm-hmm. they present themselves as happy, as as you know, a short five foot two lady with curly gray hair or whatever it might be, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. And they know what we need. They've been human. They know what we're looking for sometimes. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That verification that they're there and happy. Do you think, so on the other side, on the spirit world, do you think that some spirits present with a form or do you think they're all just light? I, I think from my experience, and again, this is, it could be different. I'm not saying I'm right at all. Mm-hmm. It's from what I've experienced is that imagine us as a puzzle piece of energy mm-hmm. and we're all connected one way or another, spiritually, uh, in a, in a, a light energy kind of way. As far as forms go, I feel like forms are part of the human experience and not the spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. And that's why we shed those human forms from lifetime to lifetime. Mm-hmm. We have different traits, different characteristics, etc. And sure, we can probably stick onto some that come with us into different lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately our purest self is on the other side. So when we do a reading and like I said, someone's 
relative comes through. If they presented from a previous lifetime or as a pure energy form, mm -hmm. you're going to be racking your brain trying to figure out who the hell is sitting in on this reading. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of them know. Like, there's that, uh, there's a psychic medium, uh, Teresa Caputo, mm -hmm. who is very, she's amazing. I, I, I really do, I like her energy and her characteristic. I feel her vibe. It's pretty fun. But I feel like a lot of the people, she's like, oh, so-and-so, she's got long nails and all that. She rarely sees the human form. I think that's a requirement for spirits to come to her, is that she needs evidential forms to yeah. come through. Because it's really tricky otherwise. Part of you know? how she works, yeah. It's how she works, She's and that's how she works. Yeah, yeah, that's how she works, exactly. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't tend to how see... Do you feel? physical form very often in readings like um i can make descriptive i can make some kind of descriptions but it's not usually coming from me seeing anything it's coming from um they'll tell me like oh short whatever they'll tell they'll tell me like claire calls yeah. me they'll show me things clairvoyantly, um, but it's usually shared memories with the person or things that they experience together here on earth. Um, as far as life over there as a, as a, as a soul, I think it's for the most part, just light beings. Um, some of them might have different color form or, you know, a little bit of a different um, nature to them where they can tell, um, maybe this person is on this kind of soul level or just about to experience mm. loss of individuality. Cause I think eventually that is what happens. We are individual consciousness, our souls, and we go through all these, however many lives, eventually we stop incarnating and we stop existing as an individual and go to like a collective source energy, I think. Yeah. So maybe there's something that indicates to the other souls via color or something like that. And I also think that it's not just all um, boring up there. They can play, they can have fun. And I think they can put on a suit kind of and look a certain way if they want to. Um, yeah. But it wouldn't be like a permanent thing. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. And yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel the same, the same vibe. It's interesting because when, when you talk about a form, exactly how you described it is kind of what I experienced as well where mm -hmm. you you know the characteristics mm -hmm. if i see as far as seeing a form goes on the reading mm -hmm. i might see a energy shape but i won't see the details necessarily sometimes i can actually see who's there but it's more the clear cognizance of knowing oh it's so and so i know they had a a bad back or they've got mm -hmm. whatever it might be right yeah um but it's definitely that form of clear cognizance, and then I'll get like a flashback to a photo that they might have with them or have at home or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, here's another situation from another reading that I just want to, to explain, especially anyone who's developing um, mm -hmm. their, their abilities. I feel like this really, again, knowing what I know and I still have my human mind trying to make sense logically of something that shouldn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing this reading and 
I feel this, I'm constantly, I'm being told brother, not brother, brother, not brother, uh, brother, not brother. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, what is this? So in, I want to go try and filter it. And I feel like that's a stumbling block for a lot of us who do readings yeah. is we try and put this filter on and we're not meant to, we're not asking to be a, we yeah. all are, we mm-hmm. all are, we all, and sometimes your filter might be right. And sometimes it's not, but mm-hmm. I can tell you if you put a filter on, you're trying to make sense of someone else's message. And that's not what we meant to do. We meant to just present the info and they'll decipher it. Yeah. Um, so brother, not brother to me sounds like a friend who is close enough to be a brother. But okay. in reality, what it turned out to be was a brother-in-law. Yeah. So yeah. it just, it threw me such a curveball, and it was such, and I know this, not trying to decipher things. And yeah. I fell into the trap. And it wrong. Yeah. I was like, oh, dang it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and you beat yourself up. You're like, oh, I, I knew not to do this. And I did it anyway. I knew that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah. And so had you just said brother, not brother, the person would have got it. more. Well, than which I did. I did yeah. say because I was like, I was beating myself up and I thought, okay, you know what? If I screw this up, they're literally telling me brother, not brother. If I, you know, it's like, if you told yellow, 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 and you turn around and you say orange, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like. It has yellow in it. <laughs> exactly. Right. This happened so, yesterday. I was, I was kind of struggling with what this grandmother was showing me and I was, again, trying to figure out, hmm, how do I say this? And then I said out loud, oh, I just have to say it. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And she said, you're the best one. Like to this, this woman who I was reading for, you're the best one out of all of them. You're the best one. And I had no idea what that freaking meant. But she started laughing. And I was trying to decipher it as, oh, um, maybe she's like, uh, breaking generational curses and she is the best one in the family and, and she's doing it and all this. That's what I had going on in my mind as deciphering grandma saying she's the best one. I thought, no, I'm just going to say it. And she started laughing and she said, oh, I was her favorite. She always told me I'm the best one. <laughs> <laughs> best one in the whole family. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's okay. amazing. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. My my favorite is doing a reading where there is a, a humor involved as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when mm-hmm. it's that light humor, I love that. Me too. Yeah. And I do like to bring that out a little bit because sometimes it can be quite heavy feeling, um, especially for the person coming to the medium or psychic because they have so much weight on this or they feel kind of anxious or whatever. And for us, we've done it so many times. We understand that it isn't all seriousness over there. It is light and fun sometimes. And there, and sometimes spirit even says, lighten up, like lighten up. This doesn't have yeah. to be so serious. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful though. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've talked for so long. Could talk to you for hours. You know, I do consider you a friend. So it's been lovely to sit down and chat. 
-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. I'm truly blessed. I really feel so grateful. Thank you. Um, And yes, we are. We're fully connected, even if not physically in one's uh, realm, at least through a guide, apparently, which is amazing. Apparently. Yeah, and I love him. that. Yeah, like, hey, uh, <laughs> are you also that's... guiding Ty? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no, that's yeah. beautiful. Okay. Thank you. Uh, are you putting out anything right now? Are you doing? Do you have offerings out there? I currently, I'm um, not right now. Um, okay. I am. It's more a word of mouth scenario. I'm just, I'm just focusing on myself right now. It's been a tough two years personally um, uh, for myself um, so I'm just getting the strength back but I do yeah. feel like 2023 is a monumental shift that has already happened yeah and I feel like I'm getting my strength back as yep. I know a lot of us are yep and one of my goals is I've been writing a book for about two years so I'm gonna okay. focus a lot on that but yeah Amazing. I'm posting more on social media as well Right. And yeah, I'll put your uh, social media, your Instagram in the show notes. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully I can talk to you again when you get a book published. Let's do that. Oh my goodness. Okay. That sounds amazing. But I'm sure I'll talk to you before then. Well, yeah, we will. Um, (laughs) But I will put all those good vibes out there. I feel that's magical for you. And yes, 2023, both personally and collectively is amazing for you and I. Absolutely. I agree. Yes. All right. Pleasure talking. Ciao. Likewise.